are listening to the iterators of the Imperium. Hi, I'm Mess, and I'm here with my co-host Ryan, and you're listening to Season 2 of the Iterators of the Imperium podcast, the podcast in which Ryan is the expert on Warhammer 40k, and I'm the noob trying to learn about the Warhammer universe. But before we get into it, we do have a Patreon you guys can check out if you want to support the podcast. We also have a Discord where you can check uh, out our cool stuff and get in touch with our Warhammer community. But yeah, let's get into it. So Ryan, what is today's topic? All right, before we get to today's topic, we do have a bit of Warhammer news we need to cover, Maze, and I'm sure I know for a fact you know about this. Ooh, we, yes, and We I'm... were both informed of this at the same time, and I feel like we need to have a little chat about it. Yes, my Discord has been raving about that for, for when, when the news came out and, like, tagging me left, right, and center, so... Oh, yes, no wonder. let's go. Yeah, so as you know, but some of the listeners might not, Henry Cavill, Superman himself... Not himself, actually. He's not actually Superman, I don't think. <laughs> I've never checked, though. Right, look at him. He is Superman reincarnated in real life. <laughs> <laughs> that aside, he has joined with uh, Amazon Studios to produce, or to e- executive produce, I should say. Sorry, he's an executive producer, as far as I'm aware. Uh, Warhammer 40k-based TV movie kind of stuff. So this yeah. should be incredible. But... I thought we could take a little minute here just to think, just to have a chat about it. So what are your thoughts on the matter? I mean, I think it's very huge news. I think it's going to bring Warhammer more into the mainstream. Um, I mean, before we did the podcast with Warhammer, I I didn't, I've heard about the name before, but I didn't know, I I did not know anything about Warhammer at all, right? So, but I knew who Henry Cavill is, of course, with Superman, right? A very good actor too, very handsome man. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm gonna find an awesome a dog. <laughs> I did not know that, but he's an avid gamer, and yeah, yeah, generally a cool person. But if I haven't heard about Warhammer through you, I would have definitely heard it from him, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I think he's gonna bring it a bit more into the mainstream. Uh, which is good news for yeah, well, people like us, right, with our podcast that might just you know get a a bit of exposure from from that news as well, or when it comes out. Yeah, so, yeah, I think it's very huge news, and I'm looking forward to it. See, I I'm along the same lines as you are. I expect big things from this. Uh, I know he was quite upset with like the way they handled the Witcher, which obviously he plays the main character in that as well. He plays Geralt of Rivia. And I'm a big Witcher fan, and I know, I know for a fact he is too. And I know they're upset by the way they handled it because it's not very lore accurate. There's a lot of it is quite incorrect, and I know that apparently bothered him. So I can I fully believe he's going to stay true to like to what's supposed to be the case with Warhammer 40k, which puts me in a very confident position for where this is going to end up. I'm, yeah, otherwise the fan base would be outraged. Oh, God, yeah, they would not stand for it. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know about The Witcher, but I, I reckon, like, the thing is with Warhammer, it's like, I, I wouldn't say cult uh, follower, but kind of is, you know. It is a cult and, following, absolutely is, yeah. And, yeah, and people would definitely be outraged, and uh, yeah. he would hear about it. Oh, he would, yeah. Like God damn, yeah. he would hear about it. But I'm excited so, to see where they decide to go with it, right? Because if they do movies, right... You can't go for anything like the Horus Heresy. You could start off something 
part of it, but you couldn't you could never cover the whole thing in no, movies. No. And it's like the biggest part. You could do like <laughs> the plague wars, which are like like new day stuff when it's just Gilliman that's still around. Um stuff like that. Horror Heresy, I think that has to be TV for it to be long running enough to cover enough of it to not piss people off. So I'm like, yeah. I don't know what point they're gonna pick. I don't know what point would be a good point to pick. I think starting with a heresy is way too overconfident for expecting the show to just do well enough to cover the length of like of runtime you would need to cover it all. I think it's overconfident. So I think you need to pick something smaller, but I don't know what justifies it. No, and the thing is, right, the Horus Heresy is just such a good story, like the whole thing it itself. Is, but, uh, but as you say, it couldn't be a singular movie because you would sit at the cinema for like 16 hours straight, right? And that's not going to happen. And I also wouldn't cover any of it. It pretty much that still, basically like, just get the Horus almost dying. There's still like <laughs> fucking eighty books worth of nonsense goes on after that. <laughs> you still wouldn't even know who any of the characters were at that point. Like, all right, I think I remember uh, this guy's name by the end. I think his name was the Emperor. <laughs> yes, well done. You picked up one detail. <laughs> I would just say uh, there's a lot of stories they could take from. I hope they make the right choices and execute it well because yeah. I would definitely be down to to yeah watch it i mean oh, well, i am yeah. going to do regardless but you know <laughs> i mean i might have to go to scotland and visit you ryan and we can if it's a movie ryan we go to the cinema together oh hell do you yeah know that right if it's yeah. a tv show i say we do live watch parties on stream oh yes 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 wait yeah. we can't do that because of uh copyrights right no no we can it's going to be on amazon amazon owns twitch so you can uh amazon prime video you can do watch parties together because it's all tied oh. together I did not know that, but yeah, okay, that's the that's the plan. I'm, I know I, all I this hope it's that then. <laughs> I mean, I, right? If that's the case, I I would be down to watch that with you and the followers. Oh hell yeah, it'd be incredible. Yeah, but that aside, I feel like we should get into the into the meat of today's episode. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Right, we're gonna start off like we usually do. I've got a few, or I've got a quote for you, but this time I have four quotes for you. Because you've made it clear you're kind of sick of not knowing what the hell I'm talking about. And I can understand why that is the case. So I feel like I should, you know, give you a few to try and narrow it down more and more. Right? Thank you. I, I would just like to add, it's because sometimes, especially since I'm still a noob at Warhammer, right? And I do very bad under pressure when I'm on the, on the spotlight, right? I have a tendency to choke and like all my... The, the stuff I have in my mind brain just goes out the window, right? You know? <laughs> We've Sorry all been there. Someone like asks you what your favorite movie is and your brain's just like, you've never seen a movie. Ex- <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Especially with Warhammer, with, with a lot of quotes could be translated to like, it could be this dude or this girl or whatever. Like, See, you know. I feel like the issue with it is a lot of the quotes are, to me, very obviously from particular factions, right? But... From an outside perspective, a lot of the factions sound kind of similar. A lot of them are yes. just kind of murdery and, and particular brands of murdery or yes, stuff like that. Yes, you get it. So the issue is that since we're doing a season explaining the factions, until we cover the faction, you don't know the thing that makes it specifically them. And that detail is the key part to f- like pinning the quote on someone. 
So finally he gets no, it. No, no, I knew the whole time, but I was like, oh, well, God's I started sake, this. I'm gonna see. I'm not doing the quote thing after this season. I just thought it was a fun idea on the first episode, and then I was stuck with it. Oh, <laughs> but you've got five more episodes of this. We're never doing it again. I promise. Thank the Lord. I might bring it back like forty episodes down the line just to mess with you once. But other than that. I mean, at that point, I should be able to answer it anyway, so... God, I hope so. If you can, I'm not doing my job right. <laughs> Alright, give me the quotes, Ryan. I'm, I, I'm right. ready. Okay, first one I have is... Pain is the only universal constant. Pain is all. It is the key to creation and destruction both. Thus, does he who masters pain become a god? Mm-hmm. What do we think? Creation, God. I, I have a hunch. I have a hunch. Mm. Uh, you had four quotes from me, for me, right? Yes. Uh, would you like the next one? See if we can narrow this down a bit. Yes, please. All right. Second one is <clears throat> eyes without life, maggot-ridden corpses, mountains of skulls. These uh. are some of my favorite things. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it's Great. a good quote. <laughs> I. I, I I think I know who it is, but I, just for, you know, uh, further I mean, I've already wrote the quotes down. We may as well see, see them through, you know? Yeah, just take both of them. Yeah. So, uh, third one is, death? You want death? I'm afraid that would be far too boring. <laughs> Lord Sarnak is a hell of a guy. <laughs> uh, uh, right, this last one, I'll be honest with you, the fourth one is really a cop-out because it's a really stupid quote. Uh, which is kind of on the nose. So I just, I want to get your thoughts. It doesn't have to be like a final answer, but like, where where do you think it is before I give you this final one? Because the final one's really a nail in the coffin for this. I feel like the first one was very saying with like the God thing. So I think we're talking about Chaos God. All right. Sinch. Ah, okay. I think you've, I think you've uh, highlighted the wrong part of these. Oh no, don't tell me. Yeah, I believe you've highlighted the wrong part of these. Um, wait, are we talking about... No, wait, hold on. Are we taking the focus about the bodies and that kind of stuff? Uh, it's more the way they talk about pain and things like that. It seems so excessive, the way they talk about it. Mm. Do you see what I'm getting at? Kind of, but I think I'm missing some stuff up here. Yeah, I, I, I think the wrong details have stuck out to you, unfortunately. Ah, God damn it. Well, would would it you like the is. final quote? Yeah, sure, sure, fine. Okay, uh, the last quote is just people furniture. And I've oh, a, fuck off, right? I'm not, I'm not having it. <laughs> I've attributed that to Dar from laying down the lore, because we all said it at some point in some of those episodes, and I was like, ah, I can give it to any one of us. I can also say you said that, if you want. <sighs> I mean, we, I knew we were going to be talking about this at some point, but yes. So do you know who it is? Yes, it's the Drukari. It's the Drukari. Thank you, Ryan. You're welcome, Mez. I, I feel targeted. <laughs> I'm going to tell you now, right? The majority of this episode is not about the people that make people furniture. Oh, thank the Lord. We also aren't going into great detail about the people furniture. <laughs> it's oddly, I, I'm happy about that. weirdly <laughs> enough, might surprise you for all the jokes we've made. It's not a big part of what they do. 
Wait, it's not? <laughs> no, it's really not. It's just like one thing that some of them do when they get bored. It's not like what? A, it's not like everyone's house is just outfitted entirely with furniture made of people. Like they still have normal furniture. It's I just one group of weirdos likes making people into furniture. I would just say uh, for the, for the listeners as well, and they can they can back me up on this. Ninety percent of the time when we talk about the, the car before, you have mentioned people furniture, <laughs> and that was the gimmick. It's because it's the funniest <laughs> part as well, but it's because it's the most ridiculous part. <laughs> oh my brain! <laughs> Sorry, I may have me- uh, intentionally misled you a bit too much with that. Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. That's yeah. Let's get going then. Yeah. So today we are talking about the Dark Eldar or the Drukari, or in yes. their own tongue, it is Eldareth Unius, which actually translates to Dark Eldar. Just so you know. And yeah, they are genuinely just like the chaos version of Eldar. Yeah. Like there's a chaos, there's an evil version of everything along the lines in 40k. Like even if you look at like the Necron. There is evil Necron. They're not chaos but, like, they wear people's skin and pretend they're alive again. Mm-hmm. So, there's always an evil version of everything, even if it's already the evil, like, thing. Like, the Necron <laughs> are pretty evil as far as we're concerned, but, like, the ones that wear people's skin are probably worse, you know? Yeah. There, there's always evil variants. So this is the evil Eldar, basically. <laughs> you also have a tendency, Ryan, to give me very disturbing images in my head and i'm a visual guy like my mind is very visual so i hate you <laughs> i know see Ugh. i don't do it intentionally i think i i i forget how visual some people's minds must actually be since i don't have that yeah i disagree i think you're doing it intentionally <laughs> I, i'm not because i want to make it clear i couldn't do it intentionally if i wanted to because uh. i don't have like a way to gauge it uh. I'd have to like ask my girlfriend to go and be like, when I explain this, what do you get in your mind? And just decide how disgusting it sounds to see if I should make it worse or not for you. If she has a visual mind, please do, Ryan, because she can let you know definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, she can be my tester for future. Thank God. (laughs) Although I'll tell you now, I think I think this is the last of like the bad factions like that'll disgust you. I think after this, they're all pretty normal. So okay. I, th- I think I think this this will be the last one that should like gross you out a bit. I, I, I think Nurgle is probably the worst, to be honest with you. Nurgle, yeah, I will never forget about Daddy Nurgle. <laughs> Daddy Nurgle, big Papa Nurgle, what a guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. So rather than trying to avoid their issues with Slanesh, which all the Eldar have, they just choose to basically worship Slanesh in a skewed manner to avoid having their souls stolen. So, and obviously that takes famously repulsive forms. So rather than, you know, having soul gems or or soul stones or anything like that that'll save them once they die, they're like, no, no, I'll just steal the life force from other things in torturous manners and it'll make Slanesh back off for five minutes. They just went that way with it, basically. (laughs) Great. Yeah, the oh. whole point of the Eldar is how can we avoid being eaten by Slanesh? And everyone has a different way of doing it. These guys were like, what if we just like worship Slanesh? But like without saying we're worshipping Slanesh, you know? 
kind of kind of if you can't beat them join them but, but don't let them you know didn't. yeah don't let them know yeah <laughs> although to be fair there is a, we'll talk about in the harlequin episode that's coming up there is actually like a, like some eldar that are just like woo slanesh and just like join it oh oh well yeah it's, it's a weird view for me uh, like, when i hear about it, i'm like you guys seem like you're not doing things the right way <laughs> <laughs> but then you kind of look at the universe around them and you're like I don't think there is a right way no no like we said <laughs> Warhammer is just tales of survival Ryan and not not particularly long ones usually as well <laughs> so their culture is based almost entirely from one city called Kamara which is built within the webway so mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a weird one right the city, because it is so large and it has been around for so long and it is like the central base of this entire culture, it, mm-hmm. it's basically ended up as a bunch of cabals, like all different groups vying for political power in this one city. It's really very dramatic. It honestly could be like an episode of Desperate Housewives. It's incredible. It's just a bunch of very bitchy, murderous overlords all pretending that they're not bitchy murderous overlords while also being very proud and bragging about how murderous and bitchy they are it's it's truly startling to read any books involving the drukari <laughs> i'm i'm reading one at the moment called lucas the trickster which is about a a space wolves marine but the other side of the story is the drukari and reading about it or well, I'm listening to it because it's an audio book. But all the Drukari stuff is just, it's so, like, like I don't know, sit, like sitcom stroke drama, the way that they all talk to each other. It's <laughs> Honestly, it's excellent. I love it. I live for the drama that these guys have. <laughs> I could imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know what it's like? It's like watching fucking RuPaul's Drag Race, just with murder in the middle. And I'll be honest with you, if they would get away with it, there would be murder on RuPaul's Drag Race. That's a fact. Okay. Just, anyway, sidetracked, sorry. So, (laughs) the city in question is like a huge part of their culture because it all bases out of this one place. So, just so you know, it's not like... It's not one little pocket realm off of the webway that has this massive city in it. It's a bunch of them that all tie together in like through invisible portals that you just accidentally step from one to the other and you never know you've done it a lot of the time. So they've basically built a city across thousands of small pocket realms that are all so tied into each other that you would never know that that was the case a lot of the time. Yeah. So it's this massive city that uh, sprawls a massive section of the webway as well, but you could also wander the webway forever and never find it. The webway is a hell of a place. We really need to do an episode just, like, about the webway. But the main point of what I'm telling you is, if you live there, you really don't want to be a cartographer as a profession, because you're never going to be able to draw a map of it. No. That would be horrendous. <laughs> it would be truly awful. Draw a map of this. Uh, okay. Do it with your eyes closed. All right, thanks. <laughs> that would be easier, I'll be honest. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, you can still feel the the webway or whatever, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not that either. You're you're paralyzed. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So 
we're going to go into like the origins for the Drukari, and uh, we've covered the origins of like like the birth of Slanesh and all this stuff so many times that actually we're going to just like timeline this stuff and make it a lot easier for you because it saves going over the same stuff over and over again. Yeah. And I already said, I'm not doing it for like a fourth time. <laughs> so in the 18th millennia, so the year 18,000, right? Sometime mm-hmm. in that, uh, between there and 19, Kamara uh, was built for uh, nobles within the webway. It was like a port, basically. It was like a port say. That's all it was, mm-hmm. right? But because it was for nobles, they kind of frequented it as if it was like... Uh, you, you know those cities in America that you can only really go to certain areas of if you're like rich as all hell, Right? Or if you yeah. work for the rich people kind of hang. Like, normal people don't really have any business there. That's the idea. Because it's just... Yeah, there's nothing for you there is the idea. It was kind of like... That. territory. Yeah, exactly. It was kind of like that. The nobles actually did go there quite a bit. Purely on the basis that it was a place for them. And the kind of ruffians weren't there. You know, the, the lower classes weren't there. So you ended up with like a few people that kind of ended up in residency there, and that gradually grew because the culture started to develop as more people started to be there. And then they would bring their people with them to work for them and stuff. It became a full-on city rather than like a port, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then somewhere between that point and then the uh, year 20,000, uh, the Eldar pleasure cults, that were obviously going on to lead up to Slanesh, took up mm-hmm. permanent residency within Kamora. Uh, so that was an issue. But luckily, a lot of that was being done by the nobles because they had like access to the drugs and stuff and, you know, slaves to have sex with and then subsequently murder. So mm-hmm. it kind of fit what was going on there at the time. But all that stood to do was make the city grow faster and have a larger... Uh, have a larger populace because people were now moving there to be a part of the Ponzi sex cults. <laughs> uh, Great. That goes on for like another 5,000 years uh, and just becomes worse and worse, as we know. Um, mm-hmm. So, somewhere between uh, the 25th millennia and 30th, so 25,000 to 30,000, the pleasure cults end up developing into the murder sex cults and Slanesh obviously starts to grow properly. Yeah. And then in the year 30,000, the Eldar obviously build their craft worlds and piss off because shit's going down. <laughs> yeah. Then M31, Slanesh is actually born, kills off most of the Eldar. Mm-hmm. Thing is, because Slanesh is obviously a creature of the warp, and the webway is purely isolated from the warp while within it, you know, like the aquarium tunnels that we like to talk about. Mm-hmm. We did we use that uh, that analogy a lot at the start. Yeah, it's a good way to say it as well. It really is, yeah. But because that's the case, Slanesh didn't get any of the souls from the webway. So everyone in Kimura was safe. So, mm-hmm. obviously, the pleasure in sex cults and everything stopped everywhere else because everyone got eaten. or And those yeah. that survived knew that that was what caused it and knew it was a bad thing to do and didn't do it anymore. Kimura didn't really get any of that, so they just kept going. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, so 
they kind of just doubled down on it instead, because all of a sudden they had this thing where it felt like their life force was being drained, and it was Slaanesh just gradually trying to drag their soul out of them through the webway. Uh, and they found that engaging in these like pleasure cult and uh, murder sex parties actually got rid of that feeling. It staved off for a while. So they just doubled down on all that stuff and just made it their entire way of life forever. So that's fun. No, it's not. But No, yeah. it's really not. Uh, <laughs> and then around the 32nd millennia, a half-born slave named Vect, right? Only name now is just Vect, vows to become the ruler of Kimura and later founds the Cult of the Black Heart, right? I'm going to explain one thing here because I realize it's not in my notes anywhere. Half-born yeah. and true-born, right? Those are the, the two classes in Kimura. If you're uh, true-born, it mean, typically it means that you are uh, born to someone that's like a high-ranking member in society. So either like high-ranking in one of the cults or something, like, or cabals, sorry, one of the factions, mm -hmm. basically. And they already have like a job lined up for you by the time you're of age to take it. So you're born already having status and a position, kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's only for the privileged. Yes, but also you're literally born, right? They actually give birth to you, is the other detail of this, right? Yeah. <laughs> because half-borns, which are the ones that are like, probably maybe a soldier if they're lucky, otherwise you'll probably just be like a worker, or a slave, probably a slave. <laughs> Stuff like that, right? They're all vat-grown. They're all test-tube babies. What? Yeah, they, they just grow them in a vat, and then they, uh, they just incubate them uh, artificially until they can just proof out a full-grown uh, uh, Drukhari. And yeah, you just yeah. slave-collar on you and kick you into a pit to do some mining. And that's it. So, is it, so essentially, if you just, if you are born for real, like you're privileged at that that's point, it. anyways. Oh god, but that sounds horrendous. It's, it's because it's so unbelievably easy for them to produce full-grown uh, Eldar with technology rather than uh, doing it naturally. That doing it naturally is actually a lot more dangerous and uh, time-consuming. So you're like, well, why would you bother? If you yeah, need like slaves, life, huh? why give birth <laughs> to them when you can just poof them out of that? I'm sorry, just disregard what I, I don't think you heard it in a way. So I did. I just don't know. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I would like to retract my statement. Everything I say is a joke. <laughs> As Dar would say, I'd like to distance myself from the things I say. Exactly. I took some inspiration from Dar and yeah, it's probably He'd for the be best. proud. <laughs> I would be happy about that. Yeah. yeah. So uh right, so just to kind of reiterate, uh Vect was a half-born slave. So he was one of the VAT or test tube babies that was purely yeah. made just to be a slave, and he vowed to become the ruler of the city. And then later on he forms or he founds a cult called the Cult of the Black Heart. Right? Yeah. And he gets a little kind of small faction going. And then that faction continues to grow over the next thousand years. And sometime in the next century, uh, M33, oh, sorry, Millennia, uh, Millennia 33, there's a thing called the War of the Sun and Moon, right? Yeah. So 
at this point in Kimura, there's already a bunch of like factions spawning up, and one of them is the Solar Cults, right? The Solar mm-hmm. Cults are the people that have control over the city's suns, right? Okay. Because everything is powered by uh, suns that have been stolen from real space into the warp, into the what? webway. <laughs> with like crazy ancient uh, Eldar tech, they just stole sun, like actual stars from space to power their city. Wait, 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 Ryan, can I just add something here? Yeah. I feel like you've tried to mention how big the webways is before, right? Yeah. <laughs> you should have just said that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So the webways are a weird concept. It's hard to explain, honestly. But yeah, okay, now you have an idea of scale. They literally steal stars to power their city, and that's a normal thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the the solar cults are the is the name given to the the factions that have control over these stars, right? That power yeah. the entire city. So the solar cults basically decided to rebel and try to take down the noble classes that were kind of rising to power in the city. Um, and unfortunately, they got their asses stomped into the ground largely by Vect's uh, cult, the Black Hearts. Yeah. Uh, so that happened. Uh, then, about two thousand years later, Vect organizes uh, imperial raids on Kamora. He he specifically goes out of his way to like allow, actually, to kind of encourage imperial forces to attack Kamora. He like lets them in. <laughs> which would basically otherwise be impossible because they would never navigate the webway enough to find Kimura. So Vic like does like a sneaky little coup type thing, organizes an imperial raid on uh, Kimura just to kill off a bunch of the other nobles that have been around as long as he has. <laughs> so because it clears out a bunch of the other noble houses... Uh, he's able to use his cabal to assert power over the city and takes yeah. charge over the entire city. That's very smart. <laughs> it's really smart. But now Vect is basically standing with power over all of Kimura. Yeah, I mean, he said he set a plan and he 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 oh uh, he came through. Yeah, uh, and it gets worse. So about two thousand years later, in M thirty seven, Vect. Uh, he does another one of his sneaky bullshit plans and causes the portals that link all the realms that make up Kimura to become visible and then stations his elite guard at every portal so he can control who can travel to what areas and when and everything like that. Uh, I, I, I'm with, I'm with uh, Vect, by the way. I think it's smart. It's very smart. The problem is now he's basically a tyrannical ruler of the city. Yeah, I, I mean, he's he's probably public enemy number one in, in many people's eyes. But Yeah, but like in the exact same way, he's also the guy you want to be best friends with. Exactly, right? Political well, intrigue is a hell of a dance. Wait, I actually want to quick, uh, quickly add something. Yeah. How long do, uh, do the Eldar live? I believe they're functionally immortal, but uh, I... I think there's a whole thing with uh, the Dark Eldar and their stealing life force from other things to stave off Slanesh extends mm. their life. Oh, so essentially their lifespan is infinite. If, e- essentially, if they to... yes. 
Okay. Yeah. Like much like it's probably like a ninety nine percent would die in battle compared to anything else, you know. So yeah, yeah. Like, I don't but think like, it comes up like, very often. No, but, but it, 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 like in terms of time sp- uh, lifespan, if it were to be us humans, right? If you say the average lifespan is eighty years old, and I go and kill a baby, right, and I get that baby's lives. Is that the thing? Oh, you know that something like that at least. Yeah, I don't know the ins and outs of the rules of it. I don't know if like like the way you kill them changes it because the way you kill them changes how much it fends off Slanesh. It's why they like to like torture rather than just murder. Right? Ah, right. So I don't know if like torturing them and making it last ages and like different ways of doing it changes how much kind of life force you steal from them. Or it's, if like, it's, it's like, like a multiplier. Yeah, I don't know if that's the case, or if that part only affects staving off Slanesh, but a byproduct of it is getting their life force too, and the life force is kind of just uh, whatever amount from whatever person. I don't know the ins and outs of how that particular part works. No, I mean, I could come up with a theory for, for this. I'm sure we could do a theories all day. Uh, just a quick one, because I have a visual mind. I'm just right. imagining like a... And Eldar doing a freaking cobra snake, just opening their mouth, just having people inside of them, to, like, until they, you know, melt, essentially. <laughs> and, uh, now, only Fulgrim can do that. Oh, for, you, you for, just a bit. for joke's sake, Fulgrim uh, is now, like, a half-snake man, so, you know... <laughs> I realize okay. that we haven't talked about Fulgrim very much, so you wouldn't know that, but he's half snake now. No, I, th- I think you've mentioned it a, a I think bit I have before, too. But but... It, it's in the back of my mind, but just that concept in general, right? <laughs> yeah, just keep them there for a while. And then you get like the Mario, Ta-da! now you can live 50 years uh, more. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that's a bit of a power up. All right, go on. Right. So, uh, yeah, like as it stands, ve- like, so that takes us up to like M37. And we're in M42 now, so there's 5,000 years in the middle, and Vect is still running a tyrannical regime over Kimura. Okay. Just so you know. So, that's your kind of history lessons of the city. Uh, They split up the the time periods of the city into four ages, and that's just the first one, but the ones after that are... It's basically like war, war, slightly different war, more war... (laughs) Slightly different war, and they all have different names, and but and you're like, eh, for the sake of a history lesson, these particular wars are not really relevant for the origin of the city. They're kind of just no. developing its storyline as we go. So that's as far as I'm going to go with like the history lesson of the city itself. Just so you know, yeah, yeah. But uh, as it stands, Vect is running the joint. I think it was it. Uh, yeah, Vect is running the joint with his Cabal of the Black Heart, and no one fucks with him because well, actually, no, everyone tries to. Usually, he just <laughs> fucks you over first. Yeah, smart guy. Yeah. So I thought we would talk about some of the factions within uh, the Dark Eldar Society and Kimora. Okay. So as for the factions of Kimora, uh, as I said, it's built up of these loads of different cabals, all constantly vying for power over each other, usually try to kill off other cabal leaders to weaken their group so that they can take over and stuff like that. But we're just going to go over like the most prominent groups because there is literally hundreds of these fuckers. 
Okay. It's you're going to notice similarity because it's still Eldar, so it comes off very similarly to, you know, the Aspect Warriors. Yeah. Right. How they all had like a different thing that they specialized in and stuff like that. It comes off similar to that in a way, but also with like political intrigue tagged on because Aspect Warriors don't give a fuck about political intrigue, I guess. <laughs> Uh, they, they don't get to do that because they've followed the path of the warriors. They only get to do the murdery part. The Dark Eldar yeah. really are all round. They're very much more versatile. It's like politician by day, murdering someone's child by night. So <laughs> they can't really cover the whole, the whole spectrum of nonsense. So at the head Eldar society, you've got Vect, Cabal of the Black Heart, which is the oldest and most powerful Cabal in the entire city. So it makes sense. That's the first one I cover. Uh, second, in military power only, I'll add, uh, is the Cabal of the Flayed Skull, ran by Lord Vrasek? Vrasek? I don't know. He's got a weird name. Uh, so he's the Archon. Archon is the leader of any of the factions. It's the title they get, just so you know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, their whole gimmick is just that they're very, very well suited to war, and there is a lot of the fuckers, so they handle a lot of like raiding and stuff. Oh, for the record, uh, the Drukhari, obviously at some points they will start to run out of supplies because their city is one city within the webway, so they have a little thing where they go out into the like the mortal realm, into the material realm, and just raid planets and ships and stuff for stuff. And just take yeah. it back with them. So their faction, the faction, Cabal of the Flayed Skull, is a really good one for raiding because they have so many soldiers. But yeah, that's their whole gimmick. They just they fight stuff. They good at fighting. <laughs> they, <laughs> they do. Go, they do murder good. <laughs> raid Shadow Legends in real life. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just bleep, bleep that out if they don't pay us <laughs> I've told out. you how I feel at Raid Shadow Legends I love that game but I'm only going to talk about it once they're paying me uh, yeah. remember to bleep it out right then <laughs> <laughs> so I'll leave all of it in but I'll bleep the name so you still can guess people know what we're talking about but they don't know like they sponsor everyone once they sponsor me I'll, I'll talk about it until such time fuck off uh so we have the Cabal of the Obsidian Rose. By the way, these have really cool names. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, Obsidian Rose is led by Archon Astra Corms, Cormes? Cormes? I don't know. Uh, Chromis. Chromis. Something like that. Anyway, it's in there somewhere. Uh, Eldar have really weird names, and they're really hard to pronounce, by the way. Oh. Uh, these ones have, like, a monopoly on weapon shops. For some reason, I don't know how they managed it, but they they own basically every weapons shop in Kimura. So they essentially run the Kimuran arms trade. Yeah. So a lot of power there because they can just refuse to sell your guys guns and then you're fucked. <laughs> so that's a very good position of power to be in. Uh, we have the Cabal of the Poison Tongue led by Aurelia Malice. I know that one, I say that one properly, because she's in the book I'm reading at the moment. So I remember yeah. it properly. Yeah. Uh, they are very closely tied with Vect and the Blackhearts, because Aurelia and Vect used to be, like, a thing. 
when I say that, what I mean is that uh, Vect employed Aurelia as a concubine until he got bored of her and threw her out. Uh, but they are the two factions are allied quite heavily. Uh, yeah. And the Poison Tongue, as you might guess by their name, love a bit of poison. So as far as tactics go, they're really good for infiltration and they love poisoning entire world's water supplies. Oh. Yeah. They're, that's bad. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the gist. Yeah, they're bad. Uh, also, at some point, Aurelia is planning to try and get rid of Vict. But basically, everyone thinks that at some point and none of them ever manage it. So, you know, <laughs> it's just a thing. It's like, it's like you said before, right? He always gets the upper hand. That's it. He's been doing this long enough. He knows his shit. If he was going to get killed, he'd have got killed long ago. It's not going to be killed by some new upstart. No, this is not his first rodeo. Exactly. Yeah, Vic's been at this a long time. He's a half. He's a half born, and he's running the goddamn city above all the true borns that think they're fancy. You're not going to get him. He'll kick you in the nuts and spit in your face before he like lets you stab him or anything. He That's is a not, very Scottish thing to say, right? Like he, what I'm trying to say is, because he's born of low class, he probably fights dirty. He seems yeah, like the kind of guy hard. that, like, you'd invade his compound with your entire army, get like finally get to his throne room, and he's sitting there with like a knife to the throat of your like dog. It's like, well, what are you gonna do? You're gonna back the fuck up out of here. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I don't think he like I don't think he's above anything. I think he'll he'll win no matter what it takes. Whatever it takes. Yeah. Yes. He really strikes me as that type of guy. <laughs> like nothing is off limits as long as he wins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh next we have the Cabal of the Last Hatred. Also a cool name. Very emo. Very goth. <laughs> oh my god. So, it sounds like an album cover. It really does, yeah. <laughs> the last hatred. <laughs> uh, you cannot understand a single word said in that entire album, although it's all in perfect English. Yeah. Uh, so their archon is a dude called uh, Thindrak. It might be a woman, actually. It just occurred to me. I That name really doesn't tell me anything, and I didn't think to check. I apologize, that could be wrong. Anyway, their name's Thindrak, and they're the Archon of the Last Hatred. So, these guys are like necromancers. <laughs> like, they have a whole thing about, like, secret, hidden, evil information that other people, sh- like, think you shouldn't have. And their whole gimmick is they want to master life and death. So, there's a thing called a pain farm... Because pain obviously staves off slanesh, so it's something that you kind of want to have an ample supply of. So, mm-hmm. rather than, like, I don't know, growing corn to feed people, these ones, like, hang people from hooks, and then you can just go over and enjoy some of the misery, and it'll, like, keep you going for a while. That's what a pain farm is. It's just people in pain for the enjoyment what? of others, the sustenance of others. It's a pretty disgusting concept. But, it's very grim. Yeah, but because these guys, this particular cabal, are all about mastering life and death, they they're like victims, I guess, for lack of a better word, in their pain farms and things like that, live so much longer and endure so much more pain. So their pain farms are like the best pain farms. 
You know? No. It's like a fine wine. <laughs> With like the most horrific stuff going on. Yeah, exactly. It's lovely, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. For the record, I want you to know, right? I'm trying to paint a picture of the Dark Eldar as being the ponciest arseholes possible, because that is exactly what they are. Oh, I mean, you've done a great job. Yeah, they are like the most insufferable upper class arseholes ever. And it's like, by design, it's great. Why do you feel like Hunger Games, you know? Yeah, honestly, it's like that, yeah. Like, they're so upper class that the nonsense they do doesn't make sense to anyone, including them, but they do it because if they didn't, (laughs) the other upper class people that are also confused by everything they do would think they weren't upper class enough. So oh, everyone God, acts like Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah. So everyone acts like goddamn Willy Wonka for fucking Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Just yeah. crazy nonsense all the time, and no one knows why, including them. Up, yeah, to dress up like crazy people, act weird just because if if they don't, people are gonna look weird at them, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. Oh, God, it's, it's such, such a Hunger weird Games. society, <sighs> and no, nobody stops to think. Wait, why are we doing this? Because if you do, yeah, you're exactly. outcasted, right? I'm sure a lot of them are constantly like, why are we doing uh, any of this? <laughs> but no one can say anything, because then you'll be kicked out, basically. See, Ryan, those are the real victims. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I feel bad for Vect and having to keep up appearances to a bunch of freaks while he sits in his fucking seven-person throne. <laughs> Held up by four slaves, right? <laughs> and made of six others. Oh, God. Ah, yes, he's so the disgusting. victim there. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. He probably just thinks that, thinks that as well. Like, that's the mindset. <laughs> Now, right, anyone else in Kimura, I think that's genuinely the mindset they have. I think Vect in particular, the reason he's in charge is because he's the only one that sees the bullshit for what it is and just takes advantage of it. Oh, he plays chess, they play checkers. Uh, yeah, I think that's what it is. He's like, I know this is all nonsense, but I can use the fact that they're all going to bow to the nonsense to control them and get what I want. Yeah. You know, I yeah. think that's what it is. But, like, a lot of them think that that's what they're doing, and most of it is just nonsense that goes on. There's a constant, like, changes of power in Kimura from different cabals, from people doing, like, crazy underhanded tactics to kill off other leaders and stuff. And in reality, most of it would probably have happened anyway, because they all constantly put themselves in situations that are going to get them killed. The fact that one of them, like, the one that gets them is the one that someone else set up, like... In the same day, every other cabal leader probably had a method of murdering that guy. It, it just happens your one got him. Like, but then they'll go around like, ah, but now I control this section because I killed them. And you're like, did you though? Like, they were going to die anyway. Like, <laughs> like, and then you're next week's and someone else will take over from you. Like, it doesn't matter. No one cares. <laughs> No one cares. Yeah, that's it. No one cares, but everyone cares, right? Like, or everyone pretends they care. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. We've been we've been sidetracking a bit. Uh, the Cabal of the Bloodied Claw, led by Akara Keth. They are possibly the most prevalent cult when it comes to raiding for supplies. That's their thing. They are, like, forefront of raiding for shit which obviously gives them a lot of power because they're bringing in so much stuff from outside, which people need inside the city. 
So they have power of like, well, we have the shit you need. Just like the people that run the arms trade are like, well, you need us. So it's, it's a similar thing. That's how they get their power. It's just the sheer amount of raiding they actually do. Uh, the Cabal of the Dying Sun, led by Voril Zolanth, which is a cool name. Uh, mm -hmm. These are like old school. They, these ones are like, you're either classic or you're evil or you're a dickhead, right? So basically they hate anything like technology or anything else that isn't literally thousands of years old. If it's younger than that, pff, nonsense. What's the point, right? <laughs> like, these, like fine wine. <laughs> fine wine, but also like if you hand them a gun that was like the finest gun ever built last week, they'll be like, I've got a fucking 8,000-year-old blunderbuss that'll do the same job, dickhead. How dare you <laughs> hand me that? <laughs> but, uh, and apparently because they're so old school and they like hold on all the old shit so well, they still have technology that can put out a star. Okay, yeah. yeah. Also, they like, they like extinguishing stars. It's, it's a thing they do. Wait, why? Uh, it's just, when you've got technology that can put out stars, what do you do? I mean, I guess you put out stars, right? <laughs> is, is it one of them, why are you doing this? Because we can. <laughs> Probably, I'll be honest. I don't think they have a reason. I don't think they even pretend to have a reason. If they do, it's a very flimsy one. It's just... Yeah. It, yeah, it's just because they can, basically. When it comes out, oh, well, most of Dark Eldar stuff is just because they can. Uh, next, we have the Cabal of the Falling Moon, led by... I don't know how to pronounce this, because it just starts with a Y and then an apostrophe. So I'm going to guess Epoleon? Epoleon? I don't know. Something in there. Uh... Basically, the writers who made the last one, The Dying Sun, were like, we should have one that's the opposite. So they have one that's the opposite, and it's these guys. The Falling Moon. They basically just are the opposite of The Dying Suns and hate The Dying Suns, and The Dying Suns hate them. And yeah. these guys like destroying planets, but not suns. <laughs> <laughs> really, okay. just, really just feels like a gap filler faction to me. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we have the Cabal of the Severed, led by uh, Saronia Arensis. Saronia Arensis. Uh, these are a fully space-bound Cabal. Their leader, uh, before the one I just named, their old leader. Oh no, no, it was sorry. These ones didn't get their leader killed. Sorry, it was that leader. Sorry, their Archon Saronia Arensis tried to enact a coup against Vect and just got absolutely stomped. So now they're not allowed to live in Kimura anymore. So they just fly around space, fuck a job. Oh. Yeah, that's their whole game. Yeah, I, so like, if you're a space marine dicking around somewhere and you see Dark Eldar, it's probably these guys, because like, the rest of them don't live in the same form of reality as you. No. But, you know, raids are raids. They turn up on a random planet and start stealing shit. You're like, oh, okay, it's probably one of the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we have the Cabal of the Lords of Iron Thorn, which is a ridiculous name, uh, led by Marquis Volkir. For the record, his official title is Archon Marquis Volkir. Archon and Marquis are both titles, and that upsets me. But whatever. Uh, it's like being called Captain Mr. Johnson. You're like, oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, 
these are like one of the original cults. So these like go way back, like the Black Hearts one that Vect runs. Uh, so these are like old school. Uh, and their old Archon, before the Marquis, uh, tried to declare independence for the little pocket realm that he lived, like that their group lived in. Yeah. They got stomped by Vict as well. Uh, so now they just stay quiet and try not to piss off the Black Hearts anymore. <laughs> They're really under the boot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> under the boot figures. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and lastly, we have the Cabal of the Broken Sigil, led by Lord Xeranthus? Xeranthus? Yeah. Honestly, best I can tell about these guys, they're terrorists. <laughs> That's, like, the, the most I could possibly learn about this Cabal Basically, the only crucial detail I learned about them is their battle strategies are just terrorism, and people like them for that, I guess? I mean, the Dark Eldar. Yeah, like, <laughs> I can see why the Dark Eldar like them, but, like, that, that's no it. Else, they're, right? Yeah, they're just terrorists. <laughs> that's, that's all they are. They, like, blow up airports, poison stuff. Shit like that. I don't know. It's nothing too important. They're just they like terror tactics. Crazy guys. Yeah. So that is like the bulk of the main, really powerful, genuinely important cabals you would ever actually hear about in Kimura. So if we're talking about a storyline for the Dark Eldar or one that just happens to involve them. So down the line, if I'm telling you about this Lucas the Trickster book that I'm reading at the moment, if I decide to tell you his storyline, these guys will turn up, obviously. And the factions involved will be typically from the group I've just mentioned. They are the kind of the main yeah. ones. Yeah. But there are a few other groups that run alongside the main cabals that are also kind of holding some hefty power in their own right within Kimura. Okay. So these groups are the Witch Cults, the Incubi, and the Homunculi. Right? So each mm -hmm. are like an Indo or there are, like... So, if you're, like, the witch cults, well, there's a bunch of witch cults, but as a group, as a whole, they do hold power. Each cult individually will hold its own power. But, yeah, as far as factions go, it's easier to explain it as a concept as one whole thing. Um, so, we're going to start with the witch cults, because I said it first, so I wrote it down first. <laughs> witch cults typically have like a gladiatorial arena right and within the arena they will train warriors and also those warriors will participate in blood sport so they'll steal people during raids uh like say they raid some kind of imperial world right they'll probably steal a bunch of guardsmen take them to the arena and then they'll pit their warriors against the guardsmen for the people of kimura to watch Right, or they might steal wild animals. They might steal a. Uh... Oh, remember during the Thirteenth Black Crusade? Part of the storyline started off in Kimura. Wait, yeah, I think yeah, wait, yeah, yeah, go, yeah, yeah. So it started off in a witch cult's gladiatorial arena with Yvrain, the elf that started bringing shit back to life. Uh, it starts off with her fighting in one of the arenas and in the arena with her are a bunch of the glad like the arena's uh warriors and uh like giant pteranids and shit because they just capture anything they can to use for blood sport 
for the entertainment of the people. Because going yeah. and watching that, watching the spectacle and the murder, will fend off Slanesh. So they love it. They're all about blood sport. So there's a mm. bunch of these. But yeah. the reason that they hold power within the city is because their warriors are obviously really skilled but are not like your typical warriors because you can basically just be any kind of warrior you want and go fight in an arena right you don't have to be like following rules or trained by like you don't have to be like an aspect warrior type where you have like a very strict training regime and all this kind of stuff and so there will be a big variety of warriors and things in the arenas compared to what is typically available so the the cabals that run the city will go to the witch cults and hire their warriors for certain missions or jobs or as guards or whatever else. Yeah. And that gives them power because their warriors are really useful. But they go do raids on their own as well, using their own warriors. Typically to get more stuff for the arenas. So when when the witch cults go raiding, it's mostly kidnapping. But <laughs> That's a separate issue, I guess. <laughs> yeah. At least you get to fight one more time before you die. That's something. Yeah. More than most of them I'd give you. Most of them one would like peel dance. your skin off or something. At least these ones, yeah. like, you get eaten by a Tyranid or something. I mean, it's better than getting peeled. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, just when you mentioned the 13th Black Crusade, uh, with, with this topic, uh, I, I didn't want to spoil it. I don't know if we're going to come in at this point, but... I was like, wait, didn't the craft world LR like they collapsed several webway portals? They did, yes. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about that later, so I didn't want to mention it because that's what some of the things that I remember from previously we talked about. It's know? honestly not relevant to this, interestingly enough. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted wanted to edit it. <laughs> yeah. Although interestingly, that event with uh, with Yvrain turning or awakening as the prophet of the new god really fucked up Kimura. <laughs> like oh. it did a lot of damage because demons started pouring in and shit like that. It was a whole thing. Yeah, we we will cover that in a, at a later date because that's a whole storyline in itself. Uh, we'll deep yeah. dive on the Dark Eldar at some point and we'll like really go through those kind of interesting parts of our history because. We couldn't really cover much of it with the dark, uh, with the Black Crusade because it, Kamora getting fucked up isn't really part of the Black Crusade. It's like a byproduct of it, you know. Yeah, I, I think that's where I get my knowledge from. It's just like it's it's briefly mentioned. Like yeah, that's exactly brief. it. So we can do a deep dive at that. We will. We time. absolutely will. We're going to deep dive on so much shit later on. It'll be great. I'm so excited. <laughs> The the universe of Warhammer is just you know oh god right it's it's, it's, it's ever expanding my dude <laughs> oh god it's infinite it is uh, so the incubi are a pretty cool one right so remember the aspect warriors yeah honestly the incubi are the easiest way to explain it they are basically a cult of aspect warriors but within the dark Eldar that's it. That's the gimmick, right? Okay. So they, yeah. they all come from like from one form of training. Like the Aspect Warriors have loads of different shrines that teach them all different things. The Incubi are from one, a, one particular shrine. There's like six of them, but they're all devoted to the same thing. And they all just train these ridiculously powerful warriors. Like the Incubi 
are the greatest warriors in all of Kimura, and they basically just act as mercenaries because they have no interest in the political nonsense that goes on. They're purely interested in, like, money and murdering stuff, so they may as well get both as a mercenary. So yes. they will act as, like, elite guards for Vect. A lot of Vect's elite guards are these guys. Because um, yeah. they'll murder anyone that tries to do anything wrong, because they don't give a fuck who they murder. <laughs> Because no, no one can not. murder them because they're the best, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they can just act as... Oh, they also act as, like, uh, enforcers for the city and shit like that. So that's kind of their role. They're just, like, the best of the best, and they murder stuff. And they're hireable. <laughs> uh, then lastly, we have the homunculi. These are the ones that make people furniture. Oh, for God's sakes. It, it, it lies in the name. Yeah, yeah. So the homunculi covens, so again, there's a bunch of groups, there's a bunch of covens, but they're all the homunculi covens. So it's easier to talk about them all as one, like as an overarching concept rather than talking about individual ones. Yeah, That's for a deep dive layer. So yeah, these guys are really fun. You're going to love them, right? They are self-governing groups, not allied, not allied with any cabal formed of homunculi, which are the most evil creatures in all of Camorra. Right. right. They are referred to as flesh weavers and bone sculptors. Mm. Right. Yep. They basically just take living creatures, right, and turn them into monsters. Yep. That's their whole gimmick. And they do it either for the use or entertainment of others, of of patrons. So, like an archon will go to them and be like, look, I'm gonna go raiding on this planet that's all, like, icy and snowy and shit. I need some, like, some monsters to murder shit for me while I'm there, just for fun. And they'll be like, cool, I made these ones from, like, a wolf-like creature that I stole on my last raid. And they'll be like, cool, weird, spiky wolf monster. Fun. (laughs) And then that's it, they just buy them. (laughs) And then they have weird monsters to use in combat. That's so weird. Yeah! so weird. Uh. sometimes they make people furniture though right okay that's just a thing they do yeah Uh, it sounds like a weird version of escape from tarkov you know that game where it's like looting and then you can use the the stuff you find for the missions later on (laughs) but just you know what i mean yeah i need to play that game man can can we can we do a stream where we play that game and just see how much it lines up with the idea of homunculi I mean, if as an experiment, yes. Cool, okay. Just for fun, no. <laughs> I think it would be both, but okay. If it we makes can you do more comfortable, experiment. if it makes you more comfortable, we can say it's just an experiment. It's an experiment we can have fun with, maybe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I, to be fair though, uh, with you, I actually think it would be fun. So, uh, oh I'm yeah, not, I'm, I'm actually yeah, I'm that. Yes. All right, moving on. So I'm going to talk about the troops that the Dark Eldar employ now, all right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, first, typical troops are just called uh, Kabbalite warrior or Kabbalite warriors, but it's just that they're warriors that belong to the Cabals. So, yeah. basically, they're just half-born Drukhari who make up the basic infantry troops, like your guardsmen, right? Although yeah. they would all murder loads of guardsmen, because Eldar are just better than humans. Uh, 
the typical weaponry of them is a splinter rifle, which is a like it sounds just a rifle, but the ammo for it is like a crystal that you load into the gun, and then the gun has a mechanism that like splinters the crystal into shards and then fires it at supersonic speeds. Oh, I think you've told me about this before. There's a lot of things that are quite similar to it, to be honest with you. Like, the Eldar guns are the ones that they load in uh, discs, and then the gun shears off, like, monocellular layers of it and fires them. It's a very similar concept. It's a bit more crude, but I suppose that suits the the Dark Eldar, because they want the things to, like, be torn apart rather than, like, immediately killed. They want it to, like, stab you and hurt and they want make it you bleed. suffer. Yeah, they want it to tear rather than, like, perfectly cut. It's, it's really yeah. like the craft world are a scalpel and the Dark Eldar are, like, a machete. Oh, God. Yeah, that's... So, oh, and so, the, the Harlequins are, like, grot wire. You don't even know it's there and your throat's gone. Oh, God. But, yeah, in, in, in this situation, it's like if you wanted to kill somebody, you don't just go for the heart or the head. You go for first the wrist... And yeah. then the other wrist, yeah, then and then my... the foot, and then the knees, and then the, the, you know, it's like everything you can do to make them suffer. Yeah, that's it. it. It leaves room for that, you know? That's so gruesome, I hate it. Yep, me too. Uh, but, like, say your Archon, like, is like, you know what, your squad's doing really well. I saw you murder some shit last time we were raiding. I'm going to give you better weapons, right? So they might give you, they might outfit your squad with different weapons if they feel it on their whim. Basically, they might just see you and go, "You look like a man that should carry a bigger gun. Here's a splinter <laughs> cannon, and it's just a bigger version of the splinter rifle." Right. <laughs> or they might be like, "I'm bored. Your squad's coming, like, going to be near me at this point, so you're going to have entertaining weapons." So they'll give them like shredders which are pistol-sized weapons that fire a monofilament wire net. We talked about this with Dar. Uh, it's a slightly different name for it, but basically it fires out a net that wraps around the enemy, and because the wire is so thin, it's so sharp, it just digs through the enemy. So every time you what? move, it tightens and cuts deeper. It is a disgusting uh, concept. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but very, very effective though. oh very effective no one can really fight back when they're like that I'll be honest no. <laughs> uh, and then we have the dark lances which is another one that Kabbalite warriors will sometimes be equipped with it's basically just an anti-vehicle weapon that fires dark matter ammunition um, and then also the blaster which is a smaller version of the dark lance which is uh, for either less armoured or infantry like enemies yeah yeah so that's your kind of run-of-the-mill you know everyday infantry troops uh there's a lot more kind of specialized ones though as there typically is so first one to mention obviously is the incubi because we've mentioned them already so they are genuinely basically just evil aspect warriors uh they typically carry a weapon or a sword called a clave which is basically just a great sword it's basically just a big-ass fucking sword, which is cool. Uh, some prefer a demi-clave, which is a smaller, more kind of versatile version of it. It's a less great... It's kind of just a good sword rather than a great sword. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then you've got stuff like the Punisher, which is a halberd, 
which they will sometimes wield. And if you're really lucky, and I don't know how you would possibly come across this, but you might get a bloodstone weapon. Bloodstone weapons are interesting, right? So you know the spirit stones that the Eldar carry to you know, yes. get their soul? Bloodstone yes. weapons are crafted out of uh, broken soul stones. Or spirit stones, okay. sorry. And because of that, it has loads of weird effects. Like, for example, it can boil your enemy's blood inside their veins. Okay. I don't know why it can do that. I don't know why being made of spirit stones gives it that ability, but I don't want to be near enough to someone that has one to ask, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Probably a good idea. Yeah. So, yeah, don't fuck with Incubi, basically. You don't know what kind of weapon they're carrying and you don't want your blood to boil. No. Yeah. Uh, then we go on to like, the witches from the witch cults. So they tend to use a large variety of close combat weapons, but they also tend to carry like a pistol-sized ranged weapon as well, just in case something runs away from you, you know? Which is probably yeah. quite common, I would say. But their main thing is like melee combat. But yeah. So uh, they carry a lot of variations of like power swords, so some of them will just have a sword. Some of them will have, like, Vambrace-mounted blades. So they also have their hands free and they can do weird shit. Uh, but they also have stuff like the classic Agonizer, which is a bladed whip. So, yeah, fuck that. That sounds like the worst weapon to fight. Uh, yeah. But there are some that have, like, specialized weapons and then they get, like, a new title if they have it. So, like, if you have a Hydra Gauntlet, you are called a Hydra rather than a witch or whatever other title you might have. Uh, the Hydra gauntlet's cool, right? It's genuinely just a gauntlet that you wear that grows a bunch of crystalline blades during combat, and they have no control over how many it grows, so the weapon is weird as shit to use. That sounds horrific. Like, why? What? That doesn't sound It's effective. erratic and murdery, so it kind of suits the Dark Eldar pretty well, to be honest. I mean, yeah, but I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't quite get how that would be a useful weapon in a lot of senses as well, but I'm, I'm not going to question them. I mean, it's, it's a sometimes like it's a, your subconscious. So if I had a gun and I pointed it at somebody, but I, I was going to miss, I, I wasn't about to hit, it can do it itself, you know, correct it itself and hit. I, I think it's more like sheer luck how many blades grow out of your hands before you start swinging at someone. It's like you don't even know where the barrel of the gun is pointing before you aim it. Oh, God. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and my favourite ones of the witches are the lacerae, which use razor flails. Now, the razor flail is a weird-looking sword, right? The reason it's a weird-looking sword is that it can break apart... To form a bladed whip. But it's just a whip that has sections of blade along it that can lock back together into a sword again. So you can like swing at someone, they can block your sword with theirs, and then yours just splits apart and wraps around theirs and whips them in the process. So it's nigh on impossible to block. Yeah. So basically you have to run away and then shoot them if you want to kill them, because you're not going to win a a sword fight with them when they don't even have a sword half the time. (laughs) Okay, we're on to the part you're not going to like, which is talking about the homunculi troops. 
Oh, Ryan, can we just skip this? I know everything I need to know. <laughs> I'd just like to say this is a very morbid episode, by the way. <laughs> it is. It's very murdery. Luckily, they're ponzi enough that we can mock them to be lighthearted. <laughs> okay. Man, it's, it's, it's a short-lived, but we can do this. Come on. Yes. Okay. Right. Let's go. So the typical troops of the homunculi are just their creations. The kind of classic one are the racks which is just W-R-A-C-K, Rack, for some reason. And they are people that have been dissected and rebuilt into living instruments of torture. <laughs> Usually yeah. with metal gauntlets in place of hands, which have, like, injector feeds on them so that you can remove fluids from things or inject fluids into things. So they serve, like, a dual purpose of, like, if you're on a raid... They can take the blood or whatever other fluid from something that the homunculi might need later on for research or for, you know, whatever experiment they're doing. But at the same time, you can load them up with poison and have them just inject poison into things while they're fighting. So, yeah. very Edward Scissorhands when you look at them. <laughs> so, obviously, like the witches, large variety of weapons and a bunch of different flavors of homemade monsters to use but sticking with racks my favorite weapons that they carry there's two of them i was trying to keep the section short for you just so you know my favorite uh weapons that they carry there's two of them is the flesh gauntlet and the mind phase gauntlet right mm -hmm. the mind phase gauntlet saps the strength from their enemies it's it's like a neural uh, uh what's the term uh it's like neural impulse control so it makes you just physically weaker and it makes controlling your body harder. So it just makes you really shit in a fight against them. <laughs> Which is cool, if you ask me. And yeah, yeah. the flesh gauntlet, which is one of those ones with the injection kind of systems on it, and it's loaded with a type of electrosteroid that if you're injected with it, causes your body to grow rapidly, but not your skin. It's only like the internals. Ugh. So eventually Ugh. you just kind of burst. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, it's like, you know, when you have a really good pump in the fitness, the fitness right? And you flex your bicep and it feels like your skin is too tight. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what it does to you. But it does it until you just kind of turn into goo. Ah, ah, right. Ah, yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah, that one's gross, but it's also like cool. No, it's not. Uh. I disagree. Uh... <laughs> then as far as like vehicles go honestly they just like jet bikes and then they have a bigger form of jet bike that can carry a small group and it's called a venom and then they have much larger versions that act as tanks but basically they're all just jet bikes if you ask me huh. yeah all right you'll be glad to know we're about at the end of this got notable characters for you here got a couple of them right mm -hmm. so the first one i'm going to mention is drazhar he is the most infamous Incubi. He is also their leader, and he is known as the Master of Blades. Right? Rumor mm -hmm. has it, he is actually Arhara, who is the Phoenix Lord, or the Fallen Phoenix Lord, sorry, of the Striking Scorpions. The shrines that the Incubi learn to be Incubi from are shrines of Arhara, who was the Fallen Phoenix Lord of the Striking Scorpions which is a type of Aspect Warrior, which is why the Incubi are so similar to the Aspect Warriors. 
because they are actually learning from a shrine based on a phoenix lord from the aspect warriors but there's a rumor that he like just bailed on the eldar and joined the drukari and is now just the leader of the incubi (laughs) so that's fun yeah and the last one to mention is Urian Rakarth, which is one of the guys I quoted at the start, actually, for the record. He is okay. Master of the Homunculi. Or, sorry, he's, he's a Master of the Homunculi, sorry. So he's one of like, the leaders of one of the covens. I think he's the leader of like, the main coven. And he is possibly the greatest flesh carver in existence. He has been around since the fall of the Eldar, so he's been around since the birth of Slaanesh, been around ages. And he once held a position of significant power within Kimura. He was once, like, kind of high up there in the uh, politics. But he's now kind of past that. So he just sees, like, all the political shit as just, like, trivial nonsense. And it's just like, I don't have time for it. Don't care. Couldn't give a fuck. And is currently seeking give rain for unknown reasons. So that can only be terrible. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and I found an interesting detail about him. Apparently, he has died so many times and came back to life that he treats death like a fine wine. What? Yeah. He enjoys the experience of dying because he's, you know, sampled it so many times and in so many different forms that now he treats it like a fine wine. That's disturbing. It is. He's a freak. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's all I had to say on uh, Drukari. I thought this was quite a fun one, actually. I feel like this was a very morbid episode, right? It was, but we took the test quite a lot and I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like you should do the test with your girlfriend uh, who also has a visual mind so she can let you know if it's a bit over the top because sometimes, right? I swear to God, I, the thing is, right, you tell me something, I immediately get images in my head. <laughs> you might have to... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, mean I, th- I think it's safe to say that Henry Cavill is not going, going to, <laughs> to to go into this direction. <laughs> oh, God, I hope yeah. not for his sake. No, imagine the people work, working on VFX. <laughs> oh, Look, no. it's, that's going to be a well-paid team, no matter what. They're going to have to be. Well paid, and they have like psychologists <laughs> on deck ready. <laughs> yeah, that is necessary. I'll be honest. But uh, yeah, yeah. And I need some therapy. I think that's us. Do you want to tie us out? Oh, if I can. Oh God. Um, yeah. Thank you guys for for listening to to this episode. Uh, and sorry for it. <laughs> It's been very morbid. I'm sorry. I, I sold out sometimes, basically because I got images in my head. But yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully, thank everyone enjoyed it. Uh, I hope so. But yeah, thank you guys uh, for listening. We will see you in the next one. Take care and peace. Bye.